Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Yes, everyone, this is Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self to Empower Soul Growth. And today is August 14th, and we are delighted to have our panel, Kaleidoscope Visions, with a panel, a, an individual who will be joining us later to give her feedback as we work on the transit, the current transit of Jupiter retrograde. Jupiter began its retrograde on the 28th of July in Aries and will be making its way back to Pisces. So expansive Jupiter, it leaves that spark plug Aries point and to re-enter the cosmic womb, the imagination of Pisces. And we're also in a relationship with other uh, you could say aspects such as Saturn, our, our structure that is an attention related. What's the past? What's the future? Where, where, how are we remaking? What are our choices? It's based on so many elements. I'm just giving a quick view. And we do appreciate your subscriptions and listening. And remember for other shows, we have chat for this one. It's going to be pretty much between us and the others. Although, okay, that's enough. We are ready now for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology in one-to-one -one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing. I also facilitate an online women's meetup group. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Oh boy, hello Amanda, hello Julie. This is great. It's like we're reconnecting as always. And so Jupiter retrograde, what we might say just a brief thought about that because they happen. And as we know, I'll start off saying it's apparent because from our view from Earth, which everything is with astrology, as it rotates around in its orbit, instead of going one direction, it suddenly appears to go the opposite direction. But it has a meaning for us. We're regrouping things. 
Yeah, and we're we're looking back on uh, like the last four months. Um, Jupiter initially went into Aries on May 10th. And so we're going to be retracing that. And Jupiter will even jump back into Pisces for a little bit um, before coming back into Aries. So just it's a time to kind of review what we believe in and what it's a a chance for us to kind of go back and, and go over some of the content that maybe we weren't able to synthesize 100%. So I, it, and because it's an Aries, we're looking at, at taking action and what's the vision and, and where's our, are we, do we have the courage that we need to make the change and do we have the agency that we, that we want? So those types of themes. And, and, you know, since it's a social planet, it has so much to do with how we are putting ourselves out in the world. So when it goes into retrograde, we might be thinking more internally about what to do with ourselves, what actions we have to make and our own agency, as you just said, Amanda. But it really isn't about acting outwardly. It's acting inwardly, using your intuition and using this chance to reshuffle the deck internally for moving when it moves forward again. Code words I love. Synthesize, courage, and internal social, you know, orientation. I mean, socially, it's like me, the, the whole network. Very beautiful. I do love it. And yes, it went retrograde July 28th at 4.37. I guess we could show that in the next chart because here we are. Um, on August 1st, just a few days later, this is all indicative because they're so potent. And I just wanted to touch base with folks and they can go back for those that are on YouTube because some of us are podcasts, which I always have to remind myself because I talk as though everybody can see it, but we need to describe that possibility. So here, just a few days later on August 1st, not only is Jupiter there in the seventh house, as you can see, still which it is now at eight degrees uh, Aries. It takes a while to make that shift. But also if up in the eighth house, you see what a conjunction, the north node of our destiny with courageous Mars that we're talking about and surprise, out of the box, authentic regulator, you might say Uranus, all at 18 degrees Taurus. Well, and Mars is the ruler of Jupiter in this case, because Jupiter's in Aries. So, and Aries is the sign of Mars. So Mars is, is it's on a whole new track. It's getting really shaken up with um, this Uranian energy and connecting with the North Node of Destiny. So this is giving us a whole lot of information. Um, it's allowing a whole lot of information to come forward for us for our Jupiter journey. So as as Jupiter's going retrograde, we may have insights coming forward that are part of this um, Uranus-Mars-North Node conjunction. I like how, you know, Mars being the ruler of Aries, with Uranus, it's really such a, a, a strong soul call to authenticity. So if you're off your path, it's gonna yank you back because it's North Node. Uh, connection there is going to say, wait a minute, you need to move this way and think 
this way. And in conjunction with the Jupiter retrograde, it's going to be, although flashes of intuition will be very much a part of it, Jupiter retrograde is going to really make you look inward to see if what really jives, let go of things that don't and, and get with what's really your truth, that Uranian truth. And I will add as another factor, as I had said earlier, Saturn, the early <laughs> regulator and furthest that for thousands of years people could see in the universe until, of course, now we have the modern wonderful planets that are adding to our consciousness. But Saturn there down in the fifth house is in that tension or uh, toggling, as we say, as I often think, between the past and the future of the, of the nodes you know, square, as we put 90 degrees for people to realize, because they're all fixed signs. Uh, Saturn is 22 degrees. It's a little bit wide, but it's retrograding. So it's returning. And it's essentially, it's still in influencing past, present. How are we remaking things? Well, let's go to our, unless somebody has something to say, we can go to our next slide, which is today. The transits, and we won't spend long, but just to show people, this will be the what we're using for the bywheels, and it still shows that Jupiter is at eight degrees. It's down here. This is using the East Coast because it's for the nation. If you look at this, and it's at eight degrees Aries, and anything. Oh well, and Uranus is still eighteen degrees. Um, Taurus, which it will be when it retrogrades on the 24th. So, unless somebody has something to say, we can go right to our first and only person that we're talking about with today. Shall we do that? Sure. Okay. Let's All do right. it. Okay. Here we have chart number one as we reference um, Taylor today. And she'll join with us in a bit. But we're looking, this is her chart. But really, let's look at the bywheel, which is today. And I hope it's big enough. I'll have to learn how to do that more so. But it's using her, oh, thank you, Nathan. Her chart is on the inside and then the transits are on the outside. Looks like there's a typo in that top phrase it's jupiter eight aries oh rats oh rats just just thought i pointed out oh boy and i can't change it now but i will change it uh maybe at the break or something and redo that oh rats okay very good it was sort of yes so jupiter is definitely in aries and Jupiter, as we speak, is in the first house in this chart. And what I found immediately were two things. One is that expansive internal work, as we're talking about the courageous of where to go forward, is in tension with her Neptune, which is the, and in Capricorn, kind of the pragmatic uh, mystic, you could say, that it's like looking at the wholeness, but putting structure to it. It's in the 10th house also. But there's really like a, a big vision issue going on. And Neptune's important and Jupiter's important because they both co-real, real, co-rule her ascendant at that very late degrees, 29 Pisces. So it's really a dynamic force. And the other thing I was thinking is, is that 
that Jupiter, as it starts to retrograde back through into across that ascendant, you know, uh, to, you know, passing her moon, which is also right on the, well, actually, pardon me, I'm looking at the transits. That's right. But crossing the ascendant is going to trine that natal Mars, which is it also in Sag, which it rules. So there'll be a lot of, I would think, a lot of uh, visionary empowerment. Yeah, and and natally, um, in Taylor's chart, we've got Jupiter in Aries, and it's conjunct Eris in Aries as well. And so there, Eris is is a an archetype of exclusion and being excluded. And so there may be a, a belief system um, here around, like, I'm going to do it my way, I'm going to go it alone, because it just doesn't work out when I do it with other people or, 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 you know, I, there's been some, some issues with groups potentially. So this Mars, um, there may be some, um, with Jupiter connecting with it and with Venus transiting Venus is in at three degrees Leo in this chart. So we're kind of creating a trine. So there may be some, um, a little more ease with relationships coming forward and, and how to, to, how to kind of work cohesively with others. It might also be an opportunity to tap into some natural healing information. You know, that Eris with Jupiter can be very, um, especially in Aries can really break you apart from others and make you, uh, be a firebrand, but also feel misunderstood so that others will see your power yet not know how to engage in it. So with your natural Pisces rising and that Neptune in the 10th house, you've got this very strong angular uh, drive toward healing modalities and toward using your intuition to step through some of the limitations and maybe create bridges. And this time might allow those bridges to become a little more real with other people. Healing is really an important factor. I know that we did look at a solar arc for Taylor, and that wasn't to, to see if there was something, and we'll bring that up. But as far as right now, focusing on Jupiter, it is very valid that you that you're both bringing up because uh, we have Jupiter transiting that first house, and Jupiter is natally, as Amanda pointed out, in the first house with Eris, and that's E R I S, folks. The uh, goddess of discord, but not really. She asked the most uh, real questions. That She wants the truthful questions. She wants the truth. And she's inclusivity. She wants everyone included and not to be rejected. And that can be an element. You know, when you bring up uncomfortable questions, it can be uh, some people are, aren't ready for it. But I think as a healer, as the medical, you know, physician heal thyself. There's always shadow material within us. And that's what a lot of strong transits want from us. 
because one can see too that there's a lot of release up there in the eighth house just looking at this transit with Jupiter because of um you know we are all releasing on a collective basis our Scorpio because it's in this uh so there's there's perhaps finding the courage to do the occult. It'll be interesting to find out what her direction actually is with that. I don't know if maybe we should jump right to that solar arc because it does show up, I think, a couple of good things. It's right here. This solar arc, I think, break, oh, no, wrong one, darn it. We don't want to jump that fast, Sue. Yeah, I'm just trying to move our, okay. Thank you, Nathan. Um, because there's two elements here. One is, if you look at, in solar arcs, I know we're jumping into another territory, but it's the whole chart moves one degree a year. So things last in a sign for 30 years. And when they approach 30 degrees, they're almost out of it. It's a whole brand new reality. And Taylor's Chiron, which is the healer, that where we have a wound that we need to transmute just for our injuries into a purpose that relates to other people, suddenly it becomes a magnet of usefulness, one way to think about it. And it happens to be 29 degrees cancer. So it's really a lot about her roots, her stories, her emotions, everything else. It's going to go into Leo. That's a very you know, there's a big difference between cancer and Leo that they really feed off each other, but it, it's demonstrated to your, it's using the sun. Let's look at it that way too, instead of the moon. So in other words, it's intention with how the, her, her, her uh, nodes have, have also done solar arc and interesting. And they've progressed. They've just gone into, Taurus and Scorpio. So in other words, she is in a healing. There's a lot of healing going on. Plus, I think what Julie brought up was that look at natal. Uh, the Okay. Her natal Venus of values that's in Aquarius is conjunct right now, right now as with the sun, meaning there's a big connection between her connecting with what values she has so i think should we go if somebody has something to say yeah Mm -hmm. i did want to comment i mean that sun solar arc to venus first of all this is a long time solar arcs move slowly so you may have felt this sense of enlivening your relationships and enlivening your creativity and enlivening how you value things or how you feel valued so this has been coming for six months it's exact now it's going to keep feeling rather strong for another six months this isn't like a quick sun transit this is a solar arc that's true good point we will go back to well i had a couple uh, of things oh, oh yes ma'am that too. Um, <laughs> I, thank you I Amanda. Love, yeah i love both of these um both of these solar arc positions the chiron in cancer at that anoretic degree, like the biggest emotional and Chiron's really working on the, those super sensitive emotional points that we have. And, and the, um, the Uranus North node Mars conjunction, you can see that it's, it was opposing um, her moon Pluto in 
Scorpio. And so this moon Pluto, like very, very deep emotions and can really go deep into the emotions. And so this is kind of working with that, um, the Chiron, the, the Uranus Mars, it's really shaking that up so that it's loosening these pieces within you so that you can do some of that healing on the emotional level that Chiron really wants you to do before moving into that um, Chiron moving into Leo, where it's a whole new sign. It's just cleaning up as much of that emotional piece as possible. And, and when, one comment you're making me also realize that that Uranus Mars conjunction really resonates to the solar arc sun venus conjunction in aquarius because of uranus's rulership to aquarius so this is a really uh, ripe time for kind of a aha blossoming about yourself uh, oneself and 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 seeing your potential and so, and your relationships too because that venus rules the eighth house the eighth house is is ruled by libra oh, and look so at that. Yeah, it's pl- it's all playing in there, right? And the eighth the house natal, is very natal, relationship yeah. oriented. Yes, relationship oriented house as well. Very good. Just to synthesize a little of this, because Julie, your voice was going in and out a little bit, to tell folks that again, the inner is Taylor, but on a solar arc, so it's one degree for a year, and as Julie's, it's thirty years that it's in that sign. So, in other words, right here we have the natal. Um, moon Pluto that are now in Scorpio. So of course that moon is at that degree that these transits that we've been talking about with since the first in Aquarius, they're all, they're all fixed signs. So it's intention with that. And then also the nodes across would be the transiting node. So there's, it gets more involved and subtle. And usually we, have a person in front of us and we can digest, but hopefully all of you can follow. Thank you. That was quite significant. So healing is a huge element now of digesting a lot of issues. Well, and you can see the, the transiting Chiron is, has also been conjunct her, um, her natal heiress in the first house. So, you know, it's all, it's all connected, connected here. So Jupiter, we could say, as it's doing its retrograde, going through, um, because it's it, in Aries, it's associated with motivation, intensity, raw passion, fearless independence, and it's regrouping. And as we said, that's already an element because of the natal conjunction with Eris, who's fearless and going to say we're all included. So what's fair for all? And this is a time of reframing her belief structures, patterns, you know, eliminating, bringing them in, you know, how to proceed. It's enormous. There's also a little thread here with uh, Eris Jupiter, just to say, you know, Eris, I have Eris on my ascendant, so I live with her all the time, (laughs) but she fights. There's always a fighting spirit. There's always a sense of what needs to be righted and where people need to be brought in or where issues need to be addressed fairly. I would say that in that first house, that's a real significant part of 
the identity. So that may be going through some transformation right now with all of these other energies, these fixed energies, sort of calling to say, what are you going to make material out of this, out of this part of yourself? Yeah. And, and I want to add just a little bit more about Jupiter retrograde because it was, you know, all of this feeds into it, but because Jupiter is our pattern maker and our belief structures and everything it, it, with higher education as we know it. But it, Christopher Ransom, I think from a certain blog had written, which I will use crediting him that the abundant Jupiter may lead us back to overlooked buried treasure, which I think is mm. what we're saying too. And also, if nothing comes to mind as one is regrouping and thinking about missed opportunities or revisiting any occurrence from May 1st, as you had indicated, Amanda, when Jupiter entered Aries, mm. that it has the potential to reopen any false starts. So that, in other words, things that, appeared hopeful but didn't fully materialize, maybe resolved. Whoops, what did I do? Um, and so that during this retrograde. So, and the good news is, is that you have until February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, to focus on this because it's a, a lot, it's in retrograde. And of course, it'll go back into Pisces and then it'll come back direct. So it's all very associated from the whole to starting a new beginning. So many new starts. Well, and Aries is, um, you know, wherever we have Aries, we can sometimes act a little rashly and kind of instinctively act first and think later. And Jupiter in Aries and Chiron in Aries, which are both retrograde, are giving us that opportunity to kind of be in a more reflective state so that we can be like, oh, did I need to jump into that in that way or respond in that way? Um, could I have done that differently? And so we'll have a good period of time to to kind of reflect on how we have been instinctually uh, responding to things. And is it coming from our wounding? Because with Chiron there, it's always bringing up that wounding piece for us. Although with the sun, as we had mentioned, thank you. I was just about to try to bring her in. Even though we only have a few minutes, we could at least start something. But I was remembering that the sun and Venus, you know, that at this timing in life, because we evolve as we live, of course. And so her identity as a will with her values are right in alignment. So it's it appears that that process of recalibrating values and whatnot are really potently connected shall we we have about three minutes or we don't really i guess what we need to do is maybe take a break earlier and then bring uh taylor on that probably would be wise yeah okay sure. nathan nathan will be right back with kaleidoscope visions 14th of august thank you everybody this is with amanda pierce and julie anglin and myself sue rose minahan so we'll bring taylor on stay tuned thank you take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
We are currently in the Yang period of Leo, ruled by the solar sun. Having departed from a cycle based on the internal process of emotional attachments requiring security and safety, the energy of Leo externally manifests our legacy through children and artistic creations. As a fixed Yang fire sign that desires to ignite actualization, Leo the lion takes the risk to generously exhibit love and welcome all to share their stage with joyous pleasure for living life. Most people go through the motions of living but are actually only existing. At some point when the feeling of exhaustion or emptiness is loud enough, questions begin to arise. How do I begin to find my way back to myself? Who am I? How do I heal? These questions are crossroad points in a person's life. Come reset, relax, and rejuvenate to your best self on August 23rd and 24th. Start your journey of healing at this two-day virtual event focused on working with fear. Immerse yourself in meditation, color therapy, astrology, and much more. Presented by Padma Life Coaching with Marie O'Neill. You will receive items to support your energetic journey. Our practitioners are waiting to work with you. To learn more and to register, go to virtualhealingretreat.eventbrite.com. Don't wait. Register now. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 21st, it's my next teaching show with Walter Stoffel, author of Lance, A Spirit Unbroken. I'll pick up right where I left off on July 31st so you can catch up in the archives, and I'll have lots of great specific stuff to help you change or control your dog's behavior. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Well, hello. I think I corrected that slide. I hope it works. We'll find out. Let's see what happens. I was so always thrilled. Let's find out. Here we are. Yay! And Aries. Okay. Thank you. Well, let's bring on Taylor. Hi. I've been patiently waiting. Hello, Taylor. Hi there. Yeah, so great. Well, did you have any feedback that would be that you'd like to provide? We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say thank you. It was so beautiful. And you all are so spot on. I'm just, it, it's like you're reading my mind. So uh, just some validation there. Everything you said, I was like, yep, yep, yep. And <laughs> some of it, it's so funny, has just been coming up uh, like today and last night and the last couple of days. And, you know, it's getting more intense, but 
you know, going back to the beginning of what you were saying in terms of Jupiter retrograde being a reflection, I thought that word is so interesting because I've literally just been struggling to look at my reflection because of things that I started around May 1st. Oh. I started recording some videos mm. uh, and I did have a false start. I recorded all of these videos with other people, interviews, and then I moved a lot and uh, didn't have time to do the editing that I wanted to. And then when I did, just like the emotional struggle of <laughs> is it good enough and what are people gonna think and is it inclusive enough? So a lot of these mm -hmm. things about being the bridge and bringing people in and making connections and rethinking relationships. Uh, and I have just started to, over the past, few weeks slowly, but more and more started editing those videos. So looking at my reflection and um, and other people and then finishing up that project that I started and hopefully we'll be putting it out. I've been putting it out very, very slowly, but there's like a big thing that I'm looking to put out uh, very mm. shortly. So yes, a lot of big emotions have been coming up to your point about Chiron at that anoretic degree of cancer and the south node uranus uh mars transit to my moon there have been things that were very old and uh triggering and i've, I've just felt like wow it's really reminding me of uh of things that were from a long time ago and and it's interesting that it's coming up again i thought i was done with it and it's mm -hmm. like hey here's the last reminder because i've also been called to hold space for people recently in a very healing way there's been a lot about grief that's been coming up in many people I'm close to. And I've just been having a lot of thoughts about, do I need to get into soul retrieval or some sort of shamanic healing art? Or do I need to do, uh, like take some classes to hold space for people in terms of grief? Because there's so much grief and grieving around us right now. Uh, and I just wanna make sure that people feel held and feel like I'm holding a healing space for them. Oh, my heart just fills. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all. Yeah. yeah. And you have such a lovely capacity for that too, with the moon and Pluto. I mean, you can really go to those depths that other people are in and, and be in that mm. kind of an intimate place with them, which is the eighth house, the house of intimacy. And at the same time, all of that being ruled by, or the eighth house being ruled by your Venus, in Aquarius, which knows how to detach and not take it on. So that's the key is just not being able to hold that space and not take it on. So I like that for you. I also like how the sun to Venus solar arc really is about yes. putting, putting your light on others. It really is such a spiritual thing that you're talking about. And it's right in line with that Scorpio moon eighth house it is and as you express this whole um, it, it seems that your motivation really involves not just others but like a group like you you said that that you were able to hold space for others it's like a, a new aquarius you know has a, a like-minded group but it's a service call too, which Chiron very much would. Well, and and um, in transiting Saturn is in Aquarius going through your 11th house. And so it's, you know, 
it's retrograde and and so there's some reflecting on how do I hold those those correct boundaries for myself in a situation like this or or other situations um so that's I think that's um well and and Saturn oh go ahead <laughs> go ahead Julie I'm I'm sorry I, I no 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 lead on lead like on flashing yeah. the the Saturn square the moon is really really going to bring up how do you master mm. your emotional context, especially when you're working with others or a group that is suffering or you see a great deal of transition occurring. And so that, that airy Saturn is asking you to really put, put form and thought into how to handle the intensity of those emotional threads. It's a great juxtaposition of energies. And what I love, it, what I, see, I was just what I love, because I was going to mention, yes, was is that that Saturn now transiting 21 degrees of Aquarius, as mentioned, which is right in stress zone with the moon. It's so well put between both of you. But as it completes its transit, it will conjunct the natal uh, um, Venus that now the solar arc is sun is with and so that structure process will and that could be why the will will cement or will will form it will be a structure of of elimination and repositioning but i also think that that could be why old things are coming up yes mm -hmm. in that process so go ahead julie yes Oh, well, oh, I'm, I'm just say, nodding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say also that one of the highest expressions of Aquarius is to be in that detached state. And so I like to think of Aquarius or Uranus as being like a tornado and having all of like this stuff and emotion whipping around you. And when you center yourself, you're in that calm. And so finding that centered calm for yourself so that you can hold this immense power that you have within yourself. You've got that moon Pluto in Scorpio. I mean, that is immense power and holding that within yourself will allow you to hold it for others as well. And it really resonates to, to your signature Pisces rising. I, that rising sign along with Neptune being in the 10th speaks so much to being the healer, to being the intuitive, mm. to being the one who connects all those emotional dots. And people see you in that position. They see how uh, there's no effort for you to exude and kind of bring on that emotional level. Well, Taylor, I hope these recording videos, I don't know if that's something that'll be on YouTube. I mean, I'm just eager now to see it, how that might manifest that the rest of us might enjoy. And if that's what you're yeah. ready to divulge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be on YouTube. I'm happy to to share with you all or, you know, whatever. And um, it's, it's just funny because you're talking about shining my light and and I talk, told you about my reflection and the struggle there. And it's like, I'm putting myself out there. Like my light is literally getting out there and I have to get over the hiding <laughs> stuff that my Scorpio moon might want to do. Um, but yeah, so just feeling, I, I can feel really, really deeply. And, uh, and I'm starting to recognize that. I'm recognizing 
that what other people feel, uh, I kind of feel it a couple layers more. And so you're right, it, it does help to be detached in relationship a little bit in order to hold that space. So I love how you put that. I just thought of something though. My grandmother was a professional photographer back in the forties, actually a long time ago in New York. And I've had another association with photography, but you know, lighting used to be a real art. When I say it used to be, now we just snapshot and everything, but portraiture used to have full face or half shadow, half light. And on the other side was a triangle. It actually was an inverted triangle. And that was, if you look back at all those photographs in the 40s, the hot of whatever, I mean, that was over and over and over again. So it makes me realize, because yes, I think Scorpio, especially with Scorpio, especially in the eighth house, with the whole combination there, needs to, it's part of the nature and it's, there's reason for nature, right? It's not that nature is wrong. Nature is right. And so there's a need to have some concealment. So in other words, thinking of all that Pisces, which is again, film and theatrics, you know, I mean, not just the Leo that, that's, but film, you know, that whole idea, imagination, illusion, you do have that wise capacity to illustrate through what you the image that's necessary to see to present what you're thinking as long as the intention all gets back with intention with Scorpio of course you know as long as that is aligned to the highest light it could be very successful and necessary just a useful so I add that thank you yeah that's what it's about it's about people on their healing journeys and the healing modalities that they found and hopefully sharing that more widely so that other people who are struggling or going through something can find uh, some, you know, non-conventional modalities that might be helpful to them or just learn about themselves yeah. and think about themselves more deeply. So. Well, do you have a name for it that we can look for? Otherwise, <laughs> no pressure. We, you know, we'll, it, Absolutely. I mean, it, well, it's okay. going to be on, on YouTube. And so the YouTube is just my YouTube channel. So I, I have to tell you my last name, if that's okay. Oh, it's <laughs> up to it's you. Called. Yeah, that, oh, yes, I understand. Okay. All right. So my so the YouTube channel is Taylor Schuler. Uh, there's some stuff on there, but the, the, the real good stuff isn't there yet. It, it'll be launching soon. And the podcast will be called On Thriving. Oh, so. boy. Thrive. Yeah. Um, On Thriving. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Maya said thrive and uh Survive to thrive. Anyway, very good. Well, thank you. I think we'll we'll say thank you thank from you. all three of us. Yeah, it's so thank great, you, Taylor. Thanks. Yeah, really a treat. So really best wonderful. of everything. We'll look forward. Okay. Well, my goodness, it's such a, a rewarding experience, isn't it, to realize how to hear the the insights. Yeah, go ahead if you have a comment. Meanwhile, let's go to. Solomon Rush, you know, we were going to do Olivia. Was that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Olivia. So these aspects touch all of us. And Olivia Newton-John, as we know, was a great actress from Greece, sang Hopelessly Devoted to You, had death um, this last week on August 8th through her long cancer uh, experience, which she had for many, many, many years. So looking at it from Jupiter's standpoint, 
and, and these will be briefer as long as we want. I mean, we can look at, this is a death chart that is on the outside. And death charts, Jupiter is usually where the soul wants to go to. Um, from the from our standpoints, we could look at the causes, which are often Pluto, Mars, Chiron. So uh, we do see that uh, the sun was conjunct her natal Pluto. Pluto. You know, it was a finality of let's go to the underworld rather than stay in the outer world. And um, we could also look at Chiron, which I don't know if there's evident. Um, but looking at Jupiter, it's interesting because Jupiter is conjunct her heiress and Juno. Juno's that little flower there in the first house. So she also was a very independent person with, as we know, as one learned, I mean, you learn so much when they die because they're on TV, that she really was quite a spokesperson. Well, just one thing to mm -hmm. note, it's actually, oh, oh, oh. her birth time was actually 6 a.m. What and happened so again? this, the, her birth time is actually 6 a.m., not 6 p.m. Oh, rats. Oh, rats. So, yeah, so the houses don't apply, but the majority mm. of the, um, the signs do. So just, oh. I just want to, because I was looking and I'm like, this doesn't seem familiar to me. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. Well, maybe we should jump to somebody else. I might be able to, re as you two talk, I might be able to correct this. We have a couple of there, minutes. There is one thing that's exact and, well, it's close to exact, Saturn opposing Hygieia. And and that would be inverted, right? So if it's a.m. to p.m. Well, what about Jupiter? Do you have anything to say about Jupiter if Jupiter were in this? Because that's what we're looking at predominantly here. Otherwise, I think we should just go on to somebody else. And I apologize. Well, you know, the I think the the most interesting thing to me is how the um, the Uranus Mars north node lines up with her chart and i'm a little little um a little discombobulated <laughs> it's, okay it's, you uh, know what i think but it's interesting because it, it to me this looks like she had a choice point uh in her life as to is this is this one i'm gonna leave this realm and and it looks like she got done what she needed to and kind of said, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, that's Jupiter kind of is actually squaring her natal moon. So that uh, death chart, Jupiter to her natal moon at nine cancer. Okay. Well, I was trying to make a correction, but you know what? We don't have a lot of time with this. So let's go on. And I apologize. I will correct it and we'll upload it for um, the rest of the folks. Let's look at somebody else. Anne Hesh. Hesh. Yeah. Also had a passing, although hers was by an accident. And, uh, and I suppose, well, I mean, we, mm -hmm. again, this is like the Mars Uranus North node. It's like, this can be really explosive stuff coming into our, into our lives. And it doesn't have to be on, on the exact date. And so, 
we've seen Olivia Newton-John passing, Anne Heche was in a, a horrible accident and has passed. And um, and if we have time for it, um, Salman Rushdie's. Uh, yeah. But looking yeah. at this one, if I might just point right to the fact of one, because we're not doing a whole chart. Look at Chiron. I mean, look at Jupiter. Jupiter is at eight degrees retrograde and it is just having it was going to return to her Chiron of her identity and all of that. And again, she's also somebody with that strong uh, heiress, as I was mentioning, but I'm just saying that we don't know why people truly have a death. We can only surmise from what we see, but we can have compassion in this case. I mean, to have a, a whole we're trying to make some sense out of something to understand a little bit, but we can't pinpoint it. I'm not suggesting that, but we can see here that Jupiter had some uh, philosophical, it wasn't a release point. It was a release point to go to some other, to maybe to release from pain. Like her son has said, he hoped she released from her pain. Neptune is in Pisces and it's trining her natal Neptune at Scorpio. And that sort of speaks to what you were just saying about the spiritual release from the body. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go to uh, Rushki. Rushki here is alive, as Amanda reminded me and brought this to my attention, which I appreciate. He was stabbed. He has written satanic verses over and a host of other great books and has many awards. I don't know if he has a Nobel, but he, uh, that's no, not Nobel, but pardon me. Anyway, a great award. So he was born on Je June 19th, 1947 at 2.30 a.m. at Bombay, India. And he was stabbed on the 12th, which is only a few days ago, at 11 a.m. approximately, the report said in New York. And I did get the timing right. <laughs> Since Mars rules cutting and knives, mm. that Jupiter-Mars that Jupiter conjunction uh, is that the natal Mars is at the midpoint of that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. You see that? It's a 21 on natal, and that's exactly the midpoint between 18 and 25 Taurus. So it, it's really interesting that he was knifed. Well, he's having a, a Mars return. I can say that his natal is twenty-one, and the and it was twenty-five Taurus. But but so, the sudden and, the suddenness and the out yes. of the blue con. You repeat that again. I'm I'm trying. I'm following, and I, I, just, I need really. Say what house, the, what sign, where? Please. The first first house natal Mars is at 21. Okay. The transiting Uranus-Mars conjunction has a midpoint, which is 21. So, Oh, I yeah, see, because, because transiting, and to just help our audience too, transiting Mars is at 18 and transiting no, transiting Uranus is at 18 and transiting Mars is at 25 Taurus in first house. So therefore, the natal is 21 degrees, which is smack dab between 18 and 25 transiting. I've got it. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank and also you. he he has good a thing. natally has a it's a fairly loose um, T square between Mars and Jupiter and Pluto. So natal or natal or transiting natally. Okay. So natally. So I mean, Mars, Mars and Pluto together, you know, this can often be a lot of violence and Jupiter is just going to throw, it's just going to expand that. And so, you know, this, the, the, <coughs> North node Uranus Mars conjunction may have like been the, I don't know if the trigger point is the right word. And then it just came to fruition when Julie, you, you pointed out that uh, Uranus transiting Uranus and transiting Mars are at that midpoint of his Mars. Um, it's also interesting because he's, um, he's had a, a, a fatwa placed against him, which is, essentially um a call for his death from the uh, the supreme leader of iran ayatollah khomeini and that happened in 1989 and if i looked up the chart for that and it was triggering his jupiter and his mars again and so oh. this is like i and this this attempted assassination of him um this past week was we don't know yet but assuming that it's someone who's trying to um, fulfill that fault. Wow. Yeah. Well, we only have three minutes, and so we don't have a very long. I do believe that there's great transformation, as we can see Pluto is right at the MC in the 10th house. But going back to Jupiter, it is that philosophical courage, and so it will be just thinking of we don't know uh, and and uh, we might say too, looking at his natal Jupiter, trying to stick on target with what our conversation has been today, is that it is in Scorpio and it is in this seventh house, and the South Node has it will has just passed that at seventeen. It was just at eighteen, so he is releasing. It's true, you know, some which you're bringing up with this fatwa, which I you sent the chart, but I couldn't put in a PDF. It, didn't have time to do that, um, is something from the past. But yet, how that might construct his, because the North Node in survival-oriented Taurus is going to be hopefully on a new gear with all of that conjunction with Uranus and everything and new courage, you know, looking at the transiting, might be recalibrating a whole new idea. Maybe he'll be putting out a new book after all this that will really be quite significant. We can only pray and hope. You know, I'm thinking Jupiter well, rules publishing. He, yeah, he has unwavering um, belief in yes, his... Yes, courage. His, yeah, his his way of, of thinking about things and huge yeah. proponent of free speech. Um, so he, I don't see him changing that anytime. No, soon. we have many things to look forward to, I trust. Thank you, Amanda Pierce, Julie Anglin, and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, and Taylor for joining us today about Jupiter as we reach for our visions and beliefs. It's been just a pleasure. And thank you for listening with Talk Cosmos. If you want to ever participate go to talk cosmos and email okay we'll see you next month thank you
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 